Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 146. Again, a day late. See, the problem is, yeah, we missed the week because uh, I, I was a traveling. You were. Uh, I was. Uh, I went back to my college town with college friends, and uh, everything else I know, uh, I was told afterwards because I can't recall. So we couldn't do a show uh, last week, and then this week uh, turns out surprise weekend. Uh, Rob's on call at his job again, so I was basically useless all weekend. So yeah, our original grand plans to uh, do a big episode about Iron Fist. Uh, it had to be put aside for a few reasons, actually. Uh, <laughs> one of them was, uh, yeah, on calls, so we didn't have uh, nearly as much time on the weekend to watch Iron Fist. Uh, number two, Iron Fist is the first Marvel show. Uh, the more I think about it, the less of a fuck I give. <laughs> I'm just finding it difficult to get excited about Iron Fist, which is weird because all the other Marvel TV shows on Netflix anyway, we've both really liked. Yeah, I'm sure this is probably a lovely program. Uh, I, Yeah. It's it's not getting great reviews. Now I don't let that stop me. My continued, at least half-hearted boosterism of Batman versus Superman <laughs> should prove that. My continued uh, weak defense, at least, of Man of Steel uh, should show. I try not to pay attention to reviews, you know, or of the searing pain in my head from the micro strokes that it clearly requires to like those movies. But yeah, it's part of the problem is I have never cared about Iron Fist as a character. Yeah, I mean, unless you're into the whole like kung fu exploitation movie thing. <laughs> I'm all about exploitation, just uh, not when it comes to kung fu. <laughs> it's just it's not a it's a genre that was like early 70s and I was born in the early 70s, so most of it just sort of sailed over my head and yeah. I just never developed an appreciation for it. And that's okay. Look, well, we will on an infinite timeline watch it. Yeah. Ultimately, it will come down to when is he going to get in a room with Luke Cage and will we see the magic? <laughs> That's true. And we need to see the character ahead of time because I guess we'll kind of be able to guess yeah. if there will be. It's very weird to talk about <laughs> two dudes from <laughs> New York this way. Yeah. But whether there will be any chemistry or whether the, the kid has, I don't even know who's playing him. Will there be the bromance? The bromance is very important because ain't nobody fucking Jessica Jones. She'll no. break it off. <laughs> stick it back in you. Nobody needs that kind Just of noise. Just on principle, really. Exactly. Besides, you know, Matt Murdock's a smooth pimp. <laughs> He'll be up in there first. I think we all know it. Oh, Jesus. Between Karen Page and Electra, <laughs> he's going to break some of that off. I'm a terrible human he, being. You really are. It, it's amazing we're talking this way about Iron Fist. Iron Fist 1 is going to be one of the comic books we talk about <laughs> this week. Yeah, um, because Marvel wished to promote synergy. Yeah, well, good for them. But, <laughs> but So yeah, we wound up just not being able to, to find the time and get into it. We might be able to this week. And the, the other problem is, we've talked about this before, just the subtle tyranny of a really big DVR TiVo. <laughs> because the entire week we're like, we, we've got to watch this. TiVo's at 97%. Maybe we should burn something off there. We don't want to lose Fargo. Fargo's been on there for two fucking years. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to finish that shit up. I think we just finally saw the finale of Aqua Teen Hunger Force Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was done in 2015. Yeah. So... So, yeah, you're saying, all right, let's switch over to Netflix. Uh, While well, we're watching 13 hours of some dude kick taints, 
God only knows what's going to fall off there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd, I've seen uh, Galaxy Quest 47 times, but <laughs> I'd hate to go buy the Blu-ray for it so I can watch it whenever I want. That's on there. It could get knocked out of it. But that might be something that lives on Netflix. That's that's possible. Why are you fucking with me? <laughs> because of the TiVo, I haven't had a chance to even go into Netflix in you months. You see the conundrum. It hurts my head so badly. <laughs> <laughs> And it doesn't take much these days. I'm making a terrible mistake. I'm trying to do this show sober again. Oh, That's Jesus. Just, let me get a... Good luck, everybody. Slug of A&W root beer. God damn it. <laughs> now they'll never sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the phone wasn't ringing off the hook anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, try A&W. A piss-poor substitute for a real beverage. <laughs> Barely keeps you alive in a desert. Mmm, just mmm. How's that? How's that? The fine taste of that aspartame. Oh, non-alcoholic. Terrible. Mm, sarsaparilla. <laughs> like I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> so strap in. It's going to be another live to tape, done late show based on a last minute. Well, it wasn't last minute when we were going to tape this weekend before I collapsed from fatigue hysteria. Uh, we were going to talk about the the next Justice League trailer dropped. Yes, and, it did. And luckily, giving you an idea, if your particular podcatcher picks this show up as soon as we put it up, uh, showing how late we recorded this this week, uh, the next Spider-Man Homecoming trailer also <laughs> came out today. Today, yes. So it's like, hot shit, we got two trailers to talk about. We got a show! Woo! Strap in! <laughs> so... Which one do you want to start with? Because they're, they're Whichever really one makes you happy. They're really kind of different in the sense that Justice League, at least at this point, and they've got plenty of time to fall on the <laughs> "we'll show you everything" bandwagon. Because yeah. Justice League opens in November, Spider Man Homecoming in July. Yes, so they need to start showing their cards at different times. But it's also both the second trailer. So one of the things I thought was interesting was how Justice League really didn't show a lot. Which about I'm okay what with. the story with what the story was, whereas Spider-Man: Homecoming, I mean, the big complaint all over the internet today, and I could totally see it is, well, seen the movie already. Yeah, hey, but you know, for those of you who haven't, somehow we're going to spoil the shit out of both these trailers. So <laughs> strap in. I'm not sure you can spoil a trailer. I think you can. For example, if you've been going out of your way to not watch the trailers so that you are somewhat surprised by the movie, you will find out in today's Spider-Man trailer that Tony Stark decides he's going to take back the suit, the suit that was the internet sensation uh, when Civil War dropped and Tom Holland showed up for the first time as Spider-Man and everybody's like, ooh, look at that cool suit. Yeah, that goes away. That guy was a jackass. <laughs> that goes away. And the reason for it, also, we see the whole nine yards. So, yeah, to a certain degree, we've we've seen pretty much everything without actually seeing just how everything resolves. But you can guess. Well, <laughs> yes, he's brutally murdered at the end of it. Spider-Man dies like a pig in his chute. It's like they think if they don't show us Tony Stark getting with Aunt May, we're going to somehow be surprised. I, I have to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the only thing this trailer doesn't really show, and you know it happens. Well, absolutely. There was one spectacular shot of uh, Marissa Tomei's rack, so yes. they're clearly going to play up the angle, and they'd be stupid not to. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You had to say that when I had a mouthful of water. What am I supposed to say? Take, take a spit, spit take? We're on the radio. Nobody can see us. He was wrong, and you knew it. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> 
shouldn't have said that, but it's true, and you know I'm right. All right, so I guess we'll talk about Spider-Man first. I guess we're talking about Spider-Man first. So you've now seen this particular trailer. Does this make you more excited to see it? I've, I've said a million times since the Crises Awards, Logan was my jam for this year. Everything else is secondary to requirements, but I'm more excited for Spider-Man now. I, I'm excited. Excited. Wow, who's trying to record a show after two days of work and sobriety? Um, now put your hands together for the man woman. who's falling apart before our eyes. <laughs> so this is the part where I'm supposed to go get the whiskey funnel, right? <laughs> that's the other sound clip. Yeah, no, that's on the other side of the board. I'll get to it. I'm sure you will. I'll find a need. Okay. Uh, for those of you that are drinking whiskey, uh, which I should be in the next 45 minutes, uh, by the way, Lead aside. Now, this isn't sad. This is oh, glorious. Okay. All right. this, go, go out and get yourself some Lafroig Cardiace. It's 51% ABV. Um, you can drink it cask strength. You can drop an ice cube in there. Don't send me hate mail. Um, <laughs> or you can hit it with a little bit of water to open it up. Uh, if you pour yourself about five fingers worth, I, I call that a fist of whiskey, <laughs> you, you will be in good stead for a good two or three hours. That's about how long it takes for me to put that down. So just a plug for that. Sponsor us, Lefroig. Anyway. Uh, he was giving booze to these goddamn things. <laughs> Sponsor us, Lefroig. Um, Once I'm sober, I can hit the right buttons on the soundboard. <laughs> but in terms of whether or not I'm more or less excited... I'm excited for this insofar as watching Michael Keaton in a superhero vehicle, even if he's not Batman, gets me excited to see a superhero vehicle. It is surprising how cool that was yeah. to see. Uh, even it's, uh, I've always known that Michael Keaton can play a bad guy. What was the what was the movie he was in? Pacific where, Heights. Yeah, where he was the the border, the creepy border that they couldn't evict. Uh, yeah, who <laughs> who terrorized Matthew Modine, which. Honestly, probably in that hard. <laughs> Wet cardboard could terrorize Matthew yeah. Modine. Matthew Modine looks like he would fold under questioning. <laughs> Wasn't he the kid from Vision Quest? Uh, maybe. No, that was, I don't know. I'm getting my 80s people confused. No, I think he was in Vision Quest was he with in Vision? Uh, Linda Fiorentino. That sounds right. Who was just awful in Dogma. We're, <laughs> we're going way off of, we're going way afield. I'm not even supposed to be here today. This is what happens when we do the show sober. Yeah, okay. this is a terrible idea. <laughs> we, we, gotta, we gotta start clearing our weekends Pause better. the board. There's some vodka over there. <laughs> no, no, not yet. I've okay. got, I got stuff I gotta do later. Like get this show up, <laughs> up on the internet real fast after we're done. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It, it's weirdly nostalgic and yet not. It's like, oh, good, he's in a superhero movie, but it, it's so different. And frankly, it's been so long since Batman 89. Uh, looking at superhero movies since the first Batman movie, you know, it, it's hard to stack all those different performances by all those different actors and actresses and still say, yeah, Keaton's Batman. <laughs> Keaton's the pimp. Keaton's the best superhero I'm not sure he's the best superhero in Batman sometimes, but at the time, at the time, it's that we waited years for that. I don't want to go into that again. Yeah, we've we've discussed that. Yeah. You can find the episodes. God help you. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I had very different reactions to Spider-Man and Justice League. I can understand the arguments that Spider-Man showed too much. Yeah, we see too much of the Tony Stark subplot. It. 
it hints almost to the point that it's half an Iron Man movie, which is not something I necessarily want from a Spider-Man movie, but you get the big beats of <coughs> Peter's arc, you know, how it will clearly it's like one of those things in I don't know, high school geometry. It's like, okay, we'll give you a few points and show us the the parabola. Right, we've got the points here of he wants to be on the Avengers. He's trying to live up to Tony Stark, probably because he's fucking his aunt. And <laughs> Yeah, then, oh no, there's a catastrophe and his costume is taken and then he gets a Scarlet Spider costume, which I want to rant about in a minute. And uh, then he winds up uh, redeemed and possibly an auxiliary member of the Avengers because uh, let's not forget all the Avengers fucking quit at the end of uh, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Also, this trailer teaches us how to pronounce Gank's name. It's Gank. Uh, no, it's Ben. Oh, is it Ben? Yeah. No, what? it's not, it's no. not Ben. It's a shit. Gank. It's not Gank. It's Gank. It's it's not. It's Ned. It's Ned Leeds. He's playing Ned Leeds. He just looks like Gank. <laughs> Come here, Gank. Would How's you, it hanging, Gank? Would you let a man named Gank put on your stocking hood that you breathe into? <laughs> no. No, and I'm not sure if I'm proud or disappointed that there wasn't the inevitable man. It smells like farts in here joke that would normally happen if teenage boys were trying on masks. It's a, it's a three minute, it was a, a two minute 30 trailer. If it was three <laughs> minutes, they'd have fit in the fart joke. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Man, did you have a burrito? Like there was, there should have been something. <laughs> yeah, but then again, if my high school best friend was, that's a ridiculous statement. Go on. Trebuchet was my I've high school best friend. I've met your high friend. school best friend. <laughs> yeah. No offense, buddy. Superpowers. Uh, nobody saw that in you. But, <laughs> but I, I did, I've, even though it shows off what the ultimate arc is probably going to be, it, if I found myself more excited by that than by Justice League, which didn't show very much. And I think part of that is by seeing Spider-Man and getting just the the outline of this is what the story is going to be, that looks like fun. Mm. Whereas all Justice League gave us was, look, there's a bunch of superheroes together and they bicker at each other. Yes. Which would be fine, except I've seen that at this point a whole lot since 2012 and Avengers. Yes. I saw that with some of these same characters in Batman versus Superman and while I'll defend that up to a point, ain't nobody going to say, yeah, do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's go back to Spider-Man for a second. Okay. <laughs> All right. What, what do you got? Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, having watched the trailer a few times, there's a moment in the lighting, and I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, of Adrian Toomes, Michael Keaton's character, where you can see clearly the wear and tear on Keaton's face. So maybe they played it up with makeup. I don't know. But the way it's lit, it makes you think of every time you've seen like a Sylvester drawing or any of those 90s pencilers who use a lot of cross-hatching. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I, I know the scene you're talking about, and that's a pretty good point. I don't know if that's on purpose. Let's remember that before he was an actor, Michael Keaton was a stand-up comic <laughs> in L.A. Yes. in the 80s, which means uh, if he has a big enough nose to play <laughs> the vulture, <laughs> it's because of what he put up it. Possibly. <laughs> I'm guessing. Possibly. I don't have any... I don't want to speculate. I don't have any proof, but as a comedian... Cast aspersions. As a comedian in the early 90s, he did blow. <laughs> 
So and the cease and desist in three, two, blow uh, me. But, uh, but it's uh, that is interesting. I don't know whether they did it on purpose or lit it on purpose, but uh, it did. It was striking. Uh, was it as striking as we're getting the goddamn? If I live to be a thousand years old, I'm never going to understand the fascination that people have with putting Spider-Man in a fucking hoodie. I'm never going to get... I didn't get it in the 90s with the Scarlet Spider and the whole Spider-Clone saga. Because hoodies are cool. It, when? I don't know. <laughs> they give you a whole relaxed vibe to what is otherwise a very formal... I don't know. I've seen people wear them to work. It confuses me. You're in a work environment. You're not in a gym in a work environment. It's and I put on a sweater. I get it. It probably has something to do with it was the next evolution of in the 80s. They put everyone in a jacket. You had Animal Man and Spandex in a jacket. There's a famous. Christ, I forget the artist, uh, Chuck Beckham, Chuck, I forget, but who did a Miracle Man in a jacket. Uh, wasn't that uh, Jubilee's whole fucking thing? Oh, yeah, she had sort of a yellow trench kind of thing. Yeah, so... You know who you don't see in in, in a hoodie? John Constantine? Dazzler. <laughs> you know who you don't see? <laughs> I take that back. She's a big part of the yeah. first part of uh, Invaders versus X-Men. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not in a hoodie. <laughs> also, not a classic crossover. Anybody will remember. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> I can barely remember it now. I think it finished last week, not two weeks ago. <laughs> True, not in a hoodie. But I just I don't get the fascination with it, and I can understand. That given this arc, it's a perfect excuse to do that kind of fan service. But and part of I think why I'm so offended by it is my fucking brother. <laughs> <laughs> Just loved Scarlet Spider, loved the Clone Saga. I, I, gypsies dropped him off on the front step or <laughs> something, or he was cloned from a bad seed. He came from another planet, but I, I just, I, I've never gotten it. The same way I don't get the fascination with Batman's Red Sun costume. It's a, really a Russian fur hat with fucking ears on it. <clears throat> Why would a human being do that? I, I don't know. Except it's, oh, you're in Russia. You need a Russian hat. <laughs> Staple some ears on that and go kick crime in the nuts. <laughs> I, I, uh, so it's that's just a thing that's going to jump out at me just because I'm not a fan of the costume. I get it, and I give them credit. They've created clearly this story that gives them an excuse to do that with Spider-Man, but uh, all right. I'm going to watch that part. Like, Motherfuck. In Soviet Russia, you don't do Batusi. Batusi does you. Oh. <laughs> this show's canceled. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't I'd know. like to apologize to everyone. <laughs> I don't know how you can get canceled off the internet. <laughs> We've been canceled. The word came down from the president of the internet. <laughs> no, so really. We're just the, not making it anymore. The president of the internet. It just dinged on my computer. Oh, I'm afraid we can't be on anymore. President of the internet. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> sure. Do they live on Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't say it three times. They'll show up. Mm. So, but did you, so clearly you found the Spider-Man trailer worked more for you than the Justice League trailer. Not necessarily. Um, okay. The Justice League trailer had moments, I think. I watched it last weekend. Um, no, I mean, I come away from every single one 
of these Justice League trailers the same way. God, I really hope this this doesn't suck. And I and I have hope. And then I also say, and that's not my flash. Where's Grant Gustin? <laughs> the, every single time I, I say the same two things. And yeah, but do, who's the kid playing the Flash in Justice Ezra League? Ezra Miller. Yeah, that's uh, you know. It, it seems to me they cast somebody with a similar look as Grant Gustin. I don't know whether that was on purpose or not. Uh, whether Ezra Miller comes cheaper, <laughs> whether somebody has something on him. Uh, the ugly deleted Instagram showed up somewhere. Perhaps, I don't know. Perhaps. But it's uh, I. It's hard to tell from just trailers and a quick scene. Uh, frankly, I'm less encouraged by his quick scene in Suicide Squad, mm. where he says something to Captain Boomerang with this... The one that Zack Snyder actually directed? Did he direct that yeah. scene? <laughs> no wonder it sucked. See, yeah. answers, questions to your answers, answers I, to your questions. I'm, I can't talk. I'm sure people like Zack Snyder as a director, because clearly he doesn't make you do line readings, because <laughs> the way he said, you know, oh, nice night out, eh? Like he's Canadian or perhaps you know, drooling into a bag somewhere. It's a wow. That sounds like nobody ever talked like that ever. I don't know. Is, is Central City supposed to be Winnipeg? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's supposed to be Winnipeg. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's probably more of a Chicago given Central City. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm you just... would. You would think I would know all of this off the top of my head. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure Gotham City is somewhere toward. Uh, New Baltimore, York. no, because there's an actual New York in DC. Oh. Because uh, for a while, well, it's not Nightwing was there. Yeah, it's not Pittsburgh because that's Bloodhaven. Is it? I think so. Oh God, poor Pittsburgh. Jesus, I have no idea. <laughs> Hub City is Boston. Yeah, see, we get the question. Coastal City, except is there's like also LA. except there's also a Boston because that's where Wonder Woman's from. All right, then it's Everett. I don't know. <laughs> it's Brockton. Brockton. <laughs> <laughs> Google Brockton. <laughs> and avoid it like the plague. <laughs> so I I do get the same feeling of God. I want this to be good. There was nothing particularly in the trailer that made me pin the needle more toward this is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, because there are lots of things that look good. All of the action scenes look good. They do a lot with cyborg in this one. So you can kind of see the visuals on that, but you don't get to learn a lot about the character. Well, you're not going to learn a lot in a trailer. I don't have a problem with that at all. Because that's, I think, part of what I'm looking forward to is is learning the the whole body horror stuff that's supposed to be coming along with with Cyborg. That's I want to see that stuff. That's at least an interesting take. Yeah, that was one of the better. And again, it was half a fucking trailer plugged into the middle of Batman versus Superman. You know, yeah, the concept of the mother box and this horrible accident and experimentation that was going on on Vic. Yeah, that's at least interesting whether they actually follow through with it or not. Yeah. See, well, they, they, I think they are referencing Vic before the whole accident happened because there is a shot near the end of him as the quarterback. Right. So we we should get at least some kind of origin. God, please, something a little better than... Yeah, that thirty seconds of yeah. <laughs> of Lex Luthor unencrypted fucking that let's hire a graphic designer to put a logo on this Windows folder. <laughs> and uh I'm I'm always a fan of, of Jason Momoa, so the shots they had of him and his quips and things I liked them. I I You damn fool! No more useless than Aquaman. <laughs> I, I I finish your thought before I I, but I don't know. I mean, there's a shot of Mera that looks good. That's all you get is a shot of Mera. Uh, 
that's true. It's I, I I'm not sure that I buy Aquaman riffing with Batman. It's it, to me it was clearly with just what little we got in the trailer. Uh, Zack Snyder saying, "Christ, I have to do something." Jeff Johns sees something in this character. I don't know what, and I can't do anything with it. So fine, I'll just make him a mouthy drunk, and that's fine. But trust me, being a mouthy drunk doesn't make you a badass. I know from personal experience. <laughs> it just it doesn't. But it's uh, that's shorthand for oh look, bad motherfucker. It turns Aquaman into a biker of the sea. <laughs> Which is actually a jet skier, which is Kenny Powers, and nobody's afraid of Kenny fucking Powers. No. So it's Aquaman is he's one of these characters that I <laughs> I, I don't want to rank on him because it's so fucking easy. People have been doing it uh, shit since we're talking stand up comedy in the eighties. It uh, talks to fish, and I there's not a lot you can do with him that's going to make me excited about him. It's and he's he's been on your polls since the new fifty two. I I don't think I've read it. I, I check in about every six months. It's not bad. I, I mean, it's it's Aquaman. <laughs> it's, it's Aquaman. Um, but I I I want to like Aquaman in this because I like Jason Momoa. So I'm glad they cast that way, if only for that. But beyond that. I have no idea, and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play in this movie. My largest concern for this is that it's an ensemble cast, and that some characters will get short shrift. And that always happens. Yeah, you know, it, Joss Whedon went out of his way to give particular moments in Avengers to Hawkeye and Black Widow, who are just so clearly outclassed, outgunned. Yeah, uh, and I don't know whether Zack Snyder has that level of. Because see that the one ensemble movie I can and he's done two that I can think of, Dawn of the Dead remake, which I've seen once and said, mm-hmm. "Yep, okay, that's not my Dawn of the Dead," <laughs> and uh, and Sucker Punch, which I was shit face for, and I, I don't even think I could finish it or did I fall asleep? No, you went to bed. You yeah. went to bed. I stayed up. It didn't get better. I'm smarter than I look. It did not get better. I would almost have to be smarter than I look. <laughs> oh. It's almost the law. So I, I just I don't know if he's got the same kind of ability to juggle an ensemble that Joss Whedon, who did it for years on yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I don't know if he's got that kind of chops. Somebody is gonna get. I mean, right now it's Superman for it'll, fuck's sake. It'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be highly dependent <laughs> on the script. I mean, he was able to to handle the ensemble for the most part in Watchmen. That's true, but all he did was do the book. That's why I'm saying it's going to be highly dependent on the script. Yeah, and I'll, I'll stand by that movie. I, I, I always forget he directed that because I like it. Yeah, because it, it didn't suck. Because I legitimately like that movie, <laughs> you know, even with the, the twisted ending. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I always forget he does that. All right, so maybe he'll be all right as long as the, the script works. Yes. I don't, I don't remember who wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Jeff Johns? No. Uh, I, I don't know. Jeff Johns would have to have done some kind of polish or at least look over. Yeah. <laughs> More Aquaman, funk. <laughs> Fuck. We got, no- we got notes from the suits. What's what's the note? Um, More Aquaman. <laughs> and can we make Superman vibe? Is that okay? <laughs> That's why they killed Superman in Batman versus Superman. More Aquaman, and we would like him to have a cowbell. <laughs> I don't have that sound clip. Ah. <laughs> So yeah, it's 
they were very they had very different effects on me one of them yeah the best i got was the same i got with the wonder woman one that we talked about a few weeks ago which is uh, all right there's some interesting imagery here you're not telling me anything about it which i can agree with i mean uh, there were some shots of um some of the death things from from uh the parademons yeah thank you <laughs> death things me talk good <laughs> i am dark side beware my death things <laughs> Death things, you say. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, parademons from, from Apocalypse. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, and we had a glimpse of them in um, the first Man of Steel movie. No. No, second. I'm sorry. Man, uh, it, it second was, movie. It was in the dream sequence dream where sequence. we got stupid fur hat Batman. Yes. <laughs> How could I forget stupid fur hat Batman? <laughs> He's my favorite Batman. <laughs> I think that character, I, here's my take on it. That character is as popular as it is because it's real easy to cosplay. I guess. That's as good a reason I can think of as any. You know, black trench coat and a stupid fur hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally staple freaking ears on it. Yeah. I, I, it's as good, the best reason I can think of. So that's my theory. Okay. You're welcome. That works. Uh, but yeah, the Spider-Man trailer had more of an effect on me, probably by revealing too much. But I don't worry about getting spoiled. I know you do. I like to go in kind of being surprised. It's really way too easy for me to extrapolate the stuff that I don't know if I if I know a little bit. And that, for me, pulls it out of the movie because I'll, I'll just be checking boxes. I, I can understand that. Now, I, I know a lot of people feel that way. It's never really bothered me because, uh, look, when I was growing up, when you were looking forward to movies, we didn't have trailers on the internet. Uh, we didn't have little snippets and we didn't have Ain't It Cool News. And right. movie. what we had was the entire fucking novelization available from the Scholastic Book Club. I know. Seven, eight months before the movie ever came out. That's how I got Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, there's not. A, I knew how every Star Wars movie ended long before I went to see it, except for the first one because I was five <laughs> and I, uh, I was still a little young to read the novelization of Star Wars. I wasn't. Well, fuck you. Well, you I mean, went to I, a better school than me, no, too. No, I, mean, I didn't read the novelization. I read you the just want to suck the joy out of everything. <laughs> Blow me. Um, anyway, no, I, I didn't read the novelization. I read the script. We've talked about that before oh, on, right. the, uh, on the show, because I would follow along with the radio plays to learn how to read. Very nice. The, I, me I, talk good. I had Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> Taught me to bitch. All right. And I learned it well. You did. I'm extremely good at it. You must be so proud of yourself. Go to hell. Go right to hell. (laughs) Does it feel good? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Does it fill in your bucket? Never mind. (laughs) We've gone far afield. Yes, we have. uh, Novelizations of Star Wars novels. Novelizations of Star Star Wars Wars movies. movies. Yeah, we got to get some speech into you. Stat. What is it? Lafroy. Le- uh... Cardiace. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Where's my whiskey funnel? I told you the moment would come. Yeah, thank you. All right. We have anything else to say about trailers? No, I'm, but I'm looking forward to both of these movies. Yeah, I, I still am. Even though I like the Spider-Man trailer better, I'm certainly looking forward to Justice League. I want DC to have a win. I like I what they've too. been doing with Rebirth. Yes. Although this week's comics, this week's comic, it's not just DC. Con, none of these, none of this week's comics really did a lot for me. Mm. 
that this is another show where it's going to be negative at the end with the books that we talk about because you know, even Superman, which has been kicking ass, I did not like the ending of Action Comics this week. And it's understandable. But... So you, do you want to talk some comics? Let's uh, talk about some comics. Again, uh, we apologize. This is going to be a brief episode, and certainly we meant to come into it to, oh, yeah, we'll have 30 pages of notes on Iron Fist. <laughs> but it would have required watching Iron Fist, and I'm really going to need more beer for that. Parker, the home office mascot, got himself all geared up. He really thought we were going to watch Iron Fist. I know this because I came home and he had puked on the rug. <laughs> That's true. Every fucking Marvel show, somebody in this house pukes. Yes. <laughs> it's been Parker twice and, and me once you. and me once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I would not be ordering General Gao's chicken uh, to no, watch. No. Uh, and not just because it's uh, anglicized Asian <laughs> like Iron Fist. But um, oh, thank you, folks. Oh. Thank you. I'll be here all week because I can't escape. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about a few books? Sure. Um, none of them are, are going to be... <laughs> I'm not going to have a hell of a lot. Some are better than others. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Iron Fist. Okay. Uh, eh, Iron Fist number one. Uh, yes, written by Ed uh, Brisson, art by Mike Perkins. What are your thoughts? Because my, my first note on here is Iron Fist is losing his powers and can't find his will to live again. Yes. It, this felt like a story I've read before. Executed perfectly fine, but nothing particularly new for me. What do you do when your mythical city that you're supposed to defend doesn't exist anymore? What is your purpose in being? Are, you, ask, are you asking me? Uh, well, that's the question that Danny Rand seems to be dancing around while he drinks himself into oblivion and gets into street fights or cage fights yeah. or whatever the hell it is he's doing with his fortune. Yeah. See, mouthy drunk does not make you a badass. Trust me. And then at the end, he run. He meets a, a a mysterious fighter from another mystical land and is carted off to try to find his purpose. I feel like I've been watching this over and over every season of Arrow. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> every season of Arrow, every Kung Flu, Kung Flu, Christ, Kung Fu, Kung Fu flick I can think of, and God knows I haven't seen a ton of them. The Kill Bill jumps to mind. It it feels like, yeah, this is checking the boxes. Yeah. And it, it's it's checking the boxes in a way that Iron Fist has checked before. The, the, he's off to a big tournament to you know, fight against other masters. And wasn't that part of Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction's run on yeah. Immortal Iron Fist? <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the first attempt to, to really bring him back? You know, or am I just thinking of fucking Mortal Kombat? <laughs> also could be thinking well no because Mortal Kombat centered on a kung fu fighter who was actually Asian bullshit no I'm pretty sure <laughs> pretty oh, that's, sure like the, the guy who won at the end that's right Luke Kang I always think Johnny Cage won because no. because I've never been any good at that game <laughs> <laughs> I just suck completely but. all Johnny Johnny Cage has going for him is uh, punching people in the dick. That's that's his move. Um, I think it's down, down, block. I, it's been a while <laughs> since I've played. It reminds me of what my sensei said. I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like it better if the new mysterious guy said that. <laughs> down, down, block. Down, down, block. <laughs> that creates the iron fist. <laughs> If the iron, if somebody wanted to iron fist me, I would down down block as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's look. I, I like the way this book looked. 
uh, I really liked Perkins' art. Uh, all the backgrounds were highly detailed. There was you know, strong facial expressions. The action tracked, at least to me, it was not incomprehensible fight choreography. Uh, I liked the way it looked, but yeah, it's uh, overall it just it, it felt like it was checking the boxes. It's like, okay, yeah. And uh, look, Ed Brisson and the the end notes it makes it clear. It's like I'm trying to do a classic kung fu story. Well. If you're a fan of kung fu movies, there's probably a lot here for you to like. It's just it's not the kind of thing that really grabs me. Yeah, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. It feels like this was released with a number one in order to somehow capitalize on the synergy of, oh, we're dropping Iron Fist on Netflix this week. And I give Marvel credit for doing that. We've talked about it before. Both of the big two would just utterly fail to do that with their big movies for years. Yeah. And at some point, we got to get the lo- the owner of our local comic store <laughs> to to be on the show because I, I know he'll come for booze. Yes. But as I'd love to ask questions like, do people actually come in? And look for this stuff. I know he does his store up and makes it so books from whatever of the newest Netflix or the newest movie or the newest TV show or whatever makes it so they're easy to find. Yeah. But it's just, I always wonder that does anybody actually come in? I suppose it's possible. Otherwise, why keep, why not, you know, why keep doing it? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe because I mean, he's got something for everything. Like any anything that happens that's newsworthy that week. If somebody dies, he's got memorabilia of some sort. Oh, yeah. The, the owner of our local store, yeah, he, he will buy just about anything with any kind of value that's pop culture related. It is 90% a comic store, call it 85% a comic store, but 15% toys and, but not, you know, new stuff. You don't go in there and, no. uh, oh, can I get my Pokemon? Or although he started to carry the Funko stuff. And I, I think I, there's a market for that, though. That there is, but a, it's I, like a collectible thing. I think he made one big buy, and I'm not sure they're moving. <laughs> I'm not they're sure. Holding up the wall, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, he got drunk and fell down. It's <laughs> like shit. I need, I need some plastic that nobody's gonna move to see the hole I punched in the wall. <laughs> I tried to do a kung fu move after half a bottle of Crown Royal. Stacked to the, the wall shelves after, on Tuesday night. Fell into the wall after I had the kung flu. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, it's because of that 15%. Yeah, whenever anybody dies, anybody in pop culture, you go to the front, uh, it's not the front desk, the checkout, the, the cash register, yeah. and he's got a signed picture or something. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I don't know. It would be an interesting question to ask him. Yeah, it's, uh, I'd, I'd love to know that it make, made a difference. It, I, I want more people to read comics. I love this other comics-related stuff, but... Yeah, still the high point of my week is Wednesday night going in there and shooting the shit with everybody. Yeah. It's part of why I'm not drinking tonight. Tomorrow night's comics trivia <laughs> with all the regulars. <laughs> I need to I need to keep my liver strong and in shape. Yes. Somehow by relaxing it. I don't understand this world anymore. You're making it want. Uh. It wants. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I just I I'm having a hard time getting excited about this, the Iron Fist TV show, because I don't give a fuck about Kung Fu, because I'm not 17 years old, and it's not 1974. I just, That's okay. It's it's a good-looking book, and if you're a fan of Kung Fu, uh, you'll probably like it. Yeah. It work for me. If you were, if you were a fan of, of this genre, you will enjoy this book. Yes. All right. Next victim. Next victim. Because it's all victims this week. Let's talk Suicide Squad. This is probably my 
favorite book of the week, even though it's really kind of deeply flawed. Yes. Uh, Suicide Squad 14, uh, written by Rob Williams, art by John Romita Jr. and Eddie Barrows. Uh, yeah, everyone gets killed, kind of. Kind of. Um, yeah, it's... This, I will say this, uh, this particular issue shows you what really happens if you're a mouthy drunk. <laughs> Which one? Captain <laughs> Boomerang. <laughs> True, he does have a bad day. <laughs> if you're a mouthy drunk who, spoilers, have betrayed your own team and yeah. uh, decided you've got nothing left to live for. <laughs> yeah, I guess you get eaten uh, just about <laughs> by Killer Croc. Yeah. I, what were, were your impressions? Because I noted some real differences with what Williams is doing on this than what Ostrander, John Ostrander and Kim yeah. Gale did with the original, which is in no way a bad thing. The original is a classic in its own way, and there have been a lot of really kind of failed iterations of Suicide Squad uh, through the years. This one that Williams is doing, I have sincerely enjoyed. Again, this is a flawed book, but I enjoy this book also. But without that background, I was just interested in your your impressions. Um, I'm spoilers. Harley gets shanked at the at the end of the book. <laughs> she she gets shot. Yeah, let's be fair. I'm concerned, but I know she's going to somehow rally. So it feels in a way almost false because they're not going to kill off Harley. She makes them too much money. Oh bullshit! Nobody cares about Harley Quinn. Not even on the cosplay circuit. It's just not an interesting character to anybody out there. So I don't, that that piece for me, I, I have mixed feelings about because it's like, oh no, I really like this character. I hope she's okay. Of course she's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, particularly since uh, further spoilers, if you're going to intimate that a major character has been killed and that it carries weight, don't end your book with another character who has been killed coming back from the dead, apparently. Yes. It kind of sucks the impact out of it. It shows that death is cheap in comic, which we already know death is cheap in comic books, but there's no need to demonstrate it literally 10 pages later. Yeah, so spoilers again. uh, The very end of the book, Amanda Waller is back from the dead. Yes. After having seemingly At least apparently. This is also a comic book. It could be some shapeshifter. Could be, could be. Clayface showing up for whatever reason, leaving his warm confines of the well-reviewed detective comics <laughs> to slum it in Suicide I Squad. I think I'm ready to take my first steps outside the nest. No, don't do it, Basil. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, why is it so cold out here? Nobody likes me. That's it. I'm going to be a bad guy again. <laughs> where, where, where's the Clayface cosplayers? Where's the slutty girls just like Clayface? <laughs> We're the sexually confused young men dressed like <laughs> Clayface. <laughs> Why are they necessarily sexually confused? They they may know exactly what they want. <laughs> There's something about like you'd stick it in mud if you thought it would wriggle. I mean, <laughs> all right, fair point. They're not confused. Fair point. They just they know who they are. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but let's talk about Amanda Waller making a comparison to Jesus here, making. A- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, Rustam. And on the third day, she rose again. <laughs> if there's a character with the ego to think that she's Jesus, it's Amanda Waller. This is true. This is true. Yeah, the world cannot operate without me and my crew of supervillains, <laughs> <laughs> which I've already fucked up once, leading to Suicide Squad versus Justice League. Yeah. Well, the, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, 
I it looks like Hack is dead, which I'm fine with. Uh, who is that? Was the the Harley Quinn fangirl who got on the team for half a minute? Yeah, that is the one thing that is really not the same in William's Suicide Squad as the original, which was cool and not something I'm sure you can replicate. Mm. You know, even in Rebirth, which is as similar to post crisis DC as in recent memory. In the old Suicide Squad, yeah, it was all these Silver Age villains that nobody gave a shit about after Crisis. Right. And yeah, you could kill legacy characters with impunity because, you know, who gives a fuck if Clock King or somebody, you know, Kite Man takes it in the, the noggin. You know, everybody could have been Slipknot in the movie and just show up to die. Right. And it, yeah, clearly Hack was put here to be killed, which is fine. Part of Suicide Squad is somebody has to get killed. Part of Suicide Squad after the movie was a hit is somebody has to get killed. And let's face it, if you were in the movie, you're probably okay. Yeah, and they, they imply in the book that Boomerang killed Hack. Oh, it's it's not even implied in yeah. the last issue. The last it's issue. Flat out. Yeah. Somehow yeah. I missed the last issue. Yeah. She got shivved. Okay. By him. Yes. Okay. And that was unambiguous. Whereas who shot Waller... We just saw that she was shot, and in this case, we see Harley Quinn get shot, again, from some, apparently some kind of sniper. It doesn't seem to be dead shot, or is it dead no, shot? No, it is, because it's from his, his wristlet. Why am I thinking it came from behind? Um, I don't know, because she gets shot in the gut. Well, maybe I'm, it's been a couple of days since I read it. I'm going by my notes here. In my head, I want to say. Yeah. Hey, can I see? Yeah. This is spectacular radio. No wonder you guys tune in. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, never mind. For whatever reason, I, <laughs> I then again, we don't see it. The series of panels is uh, we get a close up of the of the wrist magnum, a close up of Harley's face, a close up of Rick Flag screaming, and yeah, clearly she was shot. I don't know. Never mind. But you know, June Moon is on the way, and she she's some a magical type, and she can just magic everything back, right? Well, apparently. Not a lot of stakes there if yeah. you've got, like, you know, a witch like that. Yeah, and Amanda Waller, certainly. Somebody brought her back from the dead. So, yeah, it's... One of the things I'm enjoying about this, in its own way better than in the original, is what Ostrander and Yale did back in the day was, yeah, we're going to put all these guys together, and they're going to fight and bicker, and it's going to be half a workplace uh a workplace comedy. comedy yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, you've got Captain Boomerang pieing people in the face. Uh, who's the phantom pyre for <laughs> 10 or 12 issues? That's, you know, and on top of that, it's like we'll go on missions and somebody can get killed. Yes. Uh, and yeah, it really took advantage of the Cold War and the nature of DC at the time. And you could do really bleak stories with this kind of goofy humor in it. But Characters, except for sort of the cores like Deadshot and Boomerang, you never really even got close to. And even Boomerang. Yeah. You know, I, I particularly focus on Boomerang back in the original. That, yeah, he was kind of a goofball and he was a drunk and nobody liked him. So there's a lot of parallels, but there was never any attempt to humanize him that right. leaps to mind. Whereas, at least in this case, Williams is really saying, all right, if you do work with these people, particularly in these horrible circumstances where, all right, we go in and we're not expecting everybody to get out. A certain amount of camaraderie would build up. And yeah. it, it really tries to humanize, you know, particularly Boomerang. I've never seen him treated 
yeah, even remotely like, okay, I could have some kind of feelings for anybody I'm with. And I've just, maybe I've been doing stuff just because I think that's who I am, but all right, I can at least elevate myself to the level of fine. Let's, let's go get some revenge because I don't want to live anymore. And, uh, I just really want to hurt somebody. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be something to, I'm hoping for some kind of payoff around this whole, it doesn't seem to really matter if the characters um, are alive or dead because in the space of 14 issues in Rebirth, we've had the um, the death and rebirth of Captain Boomerang. Have we? we have. Oh, yes, we have. Yep, I forgot <clears throat> about that. We, we've had um, the return and I think subsequent, I don't know if death is the right word, of, of General Zod. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh... We've had the introduction and death of Hack. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amanda Waller, dead, back from the grave. Back to the grave, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, look, when there's a two-page, is it a two-page? No, a one-page uh, spread ad in every DC comic book this week yes. of all the Harley Quinn merchandise DC is coming out with, they're not killing Harley no. Quinn. No, 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 no. No, it makes for a neat visual, <laughs> but, eh. Yeah. It's not going to happen. One thing I did enjoy with this, and I, I hope to see it continue, is because she's probably going to pull through, folks, fear not, Harley Quinn is able to rally the scattered members of Suicide Squad to to come to her where she's at to stand up to the old Suicide Squad. Yes. So how... How will she or will she continue to function in that capacity once we get past this particular event? It's a character that DC almost has to put front and center from yeah. a storytelling standpoint. How you make Harley Quinn a leader? I don't think you can do that. No, I Not don't without think bending over backwards. Well, especially when there are already established leaders on the team, but you can make her the heart. The you know I, I hesitate to say cheerleader, but you can you can make her be the one who inspires without necessarily leading. Oh God, Harley Quinn is the con the conscience of the suicide squad. <laughs> Jesus wept. I think you can make the argument. They're all there because she called them. I suppose. It's she reached into the drunken recesses of, of Digger Harkness's beer addled brain and got him to convince Killer Croc and the Enchantress to join him on a suicide mission. Yeah. They don't have any functioning nanobots in their brain anymore that could explode them. They have no reason to be there. That is true. You have a point, but it wasn't nearly as inspiring as when Captain Boomerang said, I burn my family alive. I like to light things on fire. I couldn't let the show go without (laughs) On a related note, <laughs> I was very disappointed that Mick Rory went back to the dark side on DC's Legends of Tomorrow last week. I haven't and seen I, that episode yet. <laughs> you were in the room with me. I was drunk and on my computer. Okay. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> well, there's another episode tonight, so... <laughs> okay, it's... I'm an alcoholic. I couldn't he, help it. He has joined the so-called Legion of Doom. That's be- a stupid name. That, that'll never be a classic. Because the Legion of Doom went back into the timeline and and got Captain Cold out of out of the timeline before he died. Spoilers. <laughs> Damn it. So, All right, I'll try to pay attention. Okay. I'll try to pay attention this week. Go back to the light, Mick. 
go back to the light? Of course. Well, I don't know. There's prison breaks coming up. He, That's true. <laughs> he, needed, a, he needed a break. But he needed to, an out. Yeah, to, to go, ba- go back to that horror show. <laughs> uh, one other thing I want to bring up with this. Uh, Suicide Squad has, uh, since it relaunched in Rebirth, gone with a model of sort of a 10-page main story and a 10-page backup story. Yes. Uh, part of that, I firmly believe, is to give Jim Lee and John Romita Jr. Uh, a rest. Uh, okay, we only have to do half a book, so we'll structure it this way so we can get uh, another artist in. And I know J.R. J.R. is a big fan favorite. We've talked about it. He doesn't really do a lot for me. They can give him a complete rest right off of this book. <laughs> Yeah. They, they can go with more of this Eddie Barrows fellow. I quite, yeah, the, quite enjoy his work. That that was light years better, at least for my taste. That opening page with the boomerang's reflection in the beer stein yeah. and just a ton of texture to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, just overall, uh, I really preferred the art in the backup story. Yeah, it's, I, I, I agree. And it's not me trying... I, I try not to slam... Ramita, because I know a lot of people really like his art. It's just, it's never been a big thing for me. But it, yeah, that opening image really struck me. It was not just an excuse of, oh, I can give Ramita shit. Because he could kill me. I've seen him in person. He could literally tear me apart because being a mouthy drunk doesn't make you a tough guy. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say that. <laughs> so, what are you saying about being a mouthy drunk, Rob? Not the face. Not the face. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's weird. This is it's a flawed book. You just sort of give up the ghost that death means nothing in a book where you apparently kill somebody and show somebody coming back from the dead. But yeah, this is probably my book of the week. It was really kind of a lame week for comics. That's okay. You don't have to like everything every week. Nah. So should we get to... Now let's talk about is, something that's going to really fill, fill Rob with hate. Well, it doesn't fill me with hate. Look, it's it's like... Watchmen in DC now is like death and taxes. It's it's coming. I can shriek into the void all I want, except the president of the internet canceled us. <laughs> it's it's not gonna look the cover. It's already been solicited. The Batman and Flash, the button. So we're going back into the Watchmen stuff. They had to crank that up and make it more front and center. Eventually, they've been doing it in a few books this week. Green Lantern sort of. Uh, hinted at, oh, there's some force out there blocking Kyle Rayner from using his White Lantern powers, and it's all also an excuse to put Kyle Rayner back in his Green Lantern costume, but whatever. Whatever. But it said, oh, we're going to start bringing the Watchmen stuff and the you know, Mr. Oz and talk about Dr. Manhattan front and center. Those powers will come back. I mean, Rayner's just got to relax, maybe think about baseball. Oh, God. <laughs> not his fault. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and this is, it's not a, this is another one. It's not a terrible book. I think they tried to bolt a lot of stuff onto it and it's kind of disappointing after the last Action Comics. So yeah, Action Comics 976 written by Dan Jurgens, art by Doug uh, Monkey. What kind of parents would name their kid that? I'll never know how to pronounce <laughs> that. So it's the final part of the Superman Mixoplex story yes. that when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the last Action Comics, we both really liked. Yeah. It's a, this is a great reintroduction to the character, and it shows that Mixoplex is going to be part of a lighter DC universe and shows that we're moving away from the New 52. And then we get to this final part, and it's, no, we're bringing an awful lot of Watchmen into this yeah. for 
Although it would make reasons, sense, but it would make sense that of all characters in the DC current universe, Mixelplick would be the one who's sort of tuned into the fact that there are larger powers at play. Using him as a way to talk about the Watchmen characters makes a lot of sense. And I, I didn't mind that. It's just looking at how they used this story as a way to backdoor that stuff in. And I don't want to say as an afterthought, but, you know, okay, we're going to put the moment where DC Comics is explicitly saying the New 52 and the pre-crisis universe, everything is now merged based on what happened in this comic book. It's Action Comics 976. It's an issue of a comic, and it really... There, there wasn't a lot of indication that this is where that was going to go. Yeah, it makes sense for DC to try to make Superman the nexus of that happening up to a point. I, I, I could see it though, and it was sort of exciting that it was in a book that wasn't written by Grant Morrison. I guess <laughs> true, <laughs> but that's a big day for Dan. Come on, don't take that away from him. I, I don't want to take anything away from him because. It, it really, I got a sense of DC editorial said this. This is our excuse. Uh, please add this stuff in. Uh, seriously. <laughs> a note from the suits. More Aquaman. But, but it's a Superman book. No, no, more Aquaman. It says right here. Vibe. More vibe. <laughs> Give me vibe. <laughs> said no one ever. But, but to put that into this it really felt like it came out of left field it felt like it was bolted on there as okay fine this is the moment because there needs to be a moment it has been ambiguous as to how new 52 and everything else fits together up until now Mm. but yeah to if you look at the big moments in dc history where they've made decisions like this and maybe it's a good choice because of that because some of those really have not worked out you've got Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. and you've got Flashpoint, and now you've got Action Comics 976. It just it feels like a weird outlier yeah. for a place to put that in. It's I'm and, and I'm not sure it even needed, okay, we're explicitly saying New 52 and pre-crisis or pre-flashpoint rather are now it's one cohesive universe where everything fits together, because they haven't needed that for almost a year. It's been fine. It's it's not a thing that felt really crucial. Yeah. So to take away from this really interesting long term, it's about Mixelplick and Superman, and to say, oh no, it's actually also about uh, Doctor Manhattan. But they've kind of also done this for some of the other characters. They did this in one of the Batgirl books, where it's just like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, make this giant sort of splash page where we allude to the idea that maybe the killing joke didn't happen and maybe this other thing happened but didn't happen. It, remember that? That is true. It pissed me off then, too. Yeah, so I, I feel like we might see this more through some of the other books as it comes up in their storylines where it seems appropriate per editorial. It, it seems, considering how solid Rebirth has been without that, it almost seems short-sighted to do that. Because by explicitly saying this is what is now canon, you're closing a lot of doors. Yeah. And making a lot of things just not possible. I mean, if you're closing the books on The Killing Joke, I don't agree with it. I get it. But why would you close off that? Because, okay, now you've closed off Oracle 
and you're yeah, up to a point, unless you want to say, "Oh no, it was a did she slipped on the ice?" Well, it's it's like they're deciding. All right, if if Watchmen is the start of where these bad things happened, and and Rebirth is going to somehow be an indictment of that, and and here's how we're undoing it to bring back in more um, color and um, I don't want to say joy to the DC universe, but you know, later storylines, less grim, gritty, dark. Yeah. Then yeah, your, your editorial is saying to you make it make it look ambiguous, but pretty much suggest the Killing Joke didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but even uh, I want to disregard that because that happened months ago. And, and you're right, I had forgotten about that. And this is very much a similar. Uh, okay, here are things that we can show that. All right, we like this part of the new Fifty Two with uh, Lana and Clark's upbringing, and this part of post crisis and pre Flashpoint, and it just it it closes off a lot of doors, and mm. it's not a thing that I felt like it was needed because rebirth was ambiguous on its face it's, right you've got kid wally west coming out of the speed force and saying okay somebody has manipulated us and then just sort of go off into the future yeah like you don't need to lock it down yeah but... and, and you don't need watchmen you, you don't need to do it there's there's still time <laughs> there's still time there's still time put you, it back in the box you can pulp those those issues of batman and flash where they they specifically talk about the comedian's badge you, nobody you don't, saw nothing that's right you can make it all go away just <laughs> just move on but nobody's listening it's gonna happen rob <laughs> i know it's gonna happen i know there's no way around it it's <laughs> mr oz was in this book he was, and I finally noticed. I'd seen references to it, and for whatever reason, it never clicked. Uh, DC has this uh, custom now, this standard, when a character is thinking, they have their logo in the thought caption, yes. and very much his is, yeah, the Nostalgia Cologne logo. That's, it's the first time it clicked with me that that's <laughs> what that looked like. Is that what that... I suppose... Yeah, no, it's, uh, oh, you want me to go grab Watchmen? I think, no, I, have, I, 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 think I have four copies of it. <laughs> I, I believe you. So it's, uh, I, I get why they did this up to a point. It just seems a weird place to say this is where we're fusing everything back together, particularly since, yeah, the, in the original DC rebirth, DC universe rebirth, Wally West clawing himself back from the speed force was so powerful. Right. And what do we have here? We've got ultimately to, if they were, if the goal was to try to tie the reunification of the DC universe to Superman, it wasn't even Superman. It was John. It was Superboy trying to. He's the one who manifested the power, and it's implied that it maybe comes directly from Doctor Manhattan. You know, yes. with the blue caption that says John, because Jonathan Osterman was also Doctor Manhattan, and the power was blue. But it's Superboy's what did it. <laughs> In, it in had a, nothing in a, to do with Superman. Yeah, and gosh, it, it, it's it's a whole like you know different way of looking at at a Superboy type character rather than him railing against things and trying to tear down a universe or multiverse. He's trying to restore his family in a positive way. You can totally alter reality by punching. Totally, that, that's why the owner of the local comic store has to put all those fucking Funko <laughs> things up. But, but no, I'm just I, th- I think. I might be reading too much into it, but I I think it's supposed to be a comment on like Superboy Prime. This John is very much the opposite. 
And it, it may well be, except there's the big page of Mr. Oz saying uh, Superman had the power to reunify the universes. And I don't think uh, anybody thought that was possible, but it wasn't Superman. It was Superboy did it. Well, I, I'm not sure that he understands what he saw. I suppose that's possible. Unreliable narrator, at least for a page. No, it, but he doesn't, he doesn't say Superman. He says that family has done the impossible. I'm misremembering again, aren't I? Proven that true love really can conquer all. This is what happens when I prep for a show on Saturday and then just collapse all day Sunday <laughs> and forget to reread the books. It's uh, all right. So, because the more I think about it, it makes more powerful storytelling sense for it to be Superboy because Superboy, in the character of Superman and Lois's son, did not exist in any other incarnation of the DC universe. Yeah. So to have somebody outside of it remerge reality makes a lot more sense to me. So I'll, I'll give a lot of credit for that, particularly now that, yeah, you've set me straight and shown me my memory ain't dick thanks to years of systematic substance abuse. It's okay, hon. You know, I firmly believe that you, if you are drinking some fine steel rail pale ale right now- from, Don't tease me, goddammit! Uh, from from uh, the nice people at Berkshire Brewing Company. Send a spear. Uh, I think that you would remember. I, I think the sense memory that goes along with um, putting lots of yummy IPA in your face while you're drinking would have would have remembered. It would have re- re-triggered your your memory of how the book actually ended. But I can't do it because they talked the bar, the whole fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> Some things I leave on here, and their day comes. Their day that's, comes. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, it's as a conclusion to the Mixoplex story to get wrapped up in the Watchmen stuff was disappointing to me. I get why it happened. It's the execution of it was fine, but I was really enjoying a good solid shit. It's the return of Mixoplex and he's much more dangerous than he used to be. And I liked it on that basis and to then drift into, oh, remember Dr. Manhattan? I don't fucking want to remember Dr. Manhattan. But I'm also kind of hopeful that we might see him again now. It's, I don't think it's ruled it out at all. And it's a solid characterization for a DC universe that is darker and more serious than the Silver Age. Well, I also, I mean, I don't think I've ever, in all of the throwdowns that we've ever considered drunkenly or when we were children on the playground, you know, oh, would Superman take Batman in a fight? Uh, I don't know. Who's faster? Is it Flash or Kid Flash? You know, nobody ever, ever with a straight face sat down and said, or even without a straight face, like drunk off their ass, sat down and said, you know, I wonder I wonder who has a, a better shot at, at bending reality. Dr. Manhattan or Mixcoplick? <laughs> who do you think could take the other one in a fight? <laughs> now I'm just I'm sitting here with my eyes shut in terror. Mixoplick, Manhattan. Picture yeah. Oh I don't know. I don't want that. <laughs> I, I can't figure it. And if Mixoplick doesn't at least make one joke about the blue wang somewhere. <laughs> In there. I can't face that. I can't. I'm having. I'm dealing with the idea that I'm going to see Batman face Dr. Manhattan by only dealing with it in the abstract. It's a thing that is going to happen to me. It's it it's like my death. I can't really envision it, 
but I know it's coming, so I try not to think about it in any concrete terms. It's Yeah, someday I won't be here. I'm not thinking, oh, I could be under a bus while crankcase oil drips on my head and my vision turns into a tunnel. I don't think of it that way. And I think of the Watchmen stuff in the same way. It's, it's going to happen. Yep, there'll be one panel and Dr. Manhattan and Batman, and I recognize it. it's going to happen to me. The the. Now I have to picture Mixoplink punching it up with Dr. Manhattan. Sure, you can, you know, exist in all four dimensions, but I'm from the fifth dimension. And <laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, Jesus. Why so blue, chum? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you're, you're the... And a bunch of a-holes. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm glad they canceled us. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, and for one last time. <laughs> so, yeah, ultimately, I liked this issue a lot better as a solid Mixoplick return story than I did. It's the story that changed everything for, for the DC universe. Yes. It's uh, It was not bad, but it was kind of disappointing. It is, but it was thematically appropriate. Mixelplick always manages to fuck you over in some way before he goes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's what he does. <laughs> All right. Anything else or should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up. It's, uh, yeah, I will For say, your sanity. For, oh, God. <laughs> so late. I don't make any more bad Ma- Mr., uh, Dr. Manhattan <laughs> jokes. Mr. Dr. Reverend Manhattan. Mr. Dr. <laughs> Monster. They got my dick message. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a very loose show that was not planned as well as it could be. But we'll be back next week with either an Iron Fist show <laughs> or, or something else. We, we're talking about maybe Ghost in the Shell because we haven't watched the original yeah. uh, anime in a while. And I got my hands on that. And that's opening up. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out. We're clever people. Maybe I not, I not that you'd notice from this show. No, no. <laughs> All right. So yeah, don't know where you found this particular episode. <laughs> you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We are on Facebook. You can certainly send us a message there. God knows I'm trying to do more there, although they've changed their interface yet, and that's how I know I'm getting old. Where I'm like, they changed the Facebook. I don't know how to work the Facebook anymore. God damn it. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only a couple. He's on his underpants. He's ranting. <laughs> I'm only a couple of years away from. We need to make a grandson so he can fix the Facebook for me. <laughs> oh God! What? what, what <laughs> we're gonna cobble it out of parts? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, in theory, you can send us a message. I might be able to work the Facebook well enough to get it. Maybe I can put the Facebook on a jitterbug for you. <laughs> Don't tease me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives. We are on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. We're on Tumblr. Crisis on Infinite Midlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes. And if that's how you like to get your podcasts, you can certainly subscribe to us there or you know, do us a favor. You can give us a review, give us a rating based on other shows, not this one. Should we uh, talk about more giant blue wing? <laughs> no. I, I could hear you pronouncing that with M O A R. No. <laughs> More Wang. <laughs> uh, we're totally canceled. It's uh, yes, it, it helps new people find the show. So, <laughs> so if you got, if you got a revenge bug for somebody, 
We are on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're on the Google Play uh, Network. And uh, we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. I think that's it. I think I got everything for once. I think you did. All right. This has been episode 146 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And derp. Rorschach and ambush bug. I would pay extra for that. (laughs) I would easily pay several thousand dollars to see that. (laughs) Herm bug splat. (laughs)